We'll bow before the Lord in prayer. Gracious Father, what a wonderful experience it would be to be bringing in the spiritual sheaves, that for which the hymn writer is thinking about and that that the psalmist was talking about in that Psalm 126. And we pray that we will be those who fit into the shoes or sandals of those sores, he that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. And Father, we pray for thine anointing upon our effort. We pray for enthusiasm that we shall bring to the effort. Now, we pray that there will be endurance and perseverance that will be a hallmark of what we do, both in presentation and in prayer and in looking for thy power and in praying that thou wilt operate upon the hearts of our family members, our friends, our neighbors, and those who we would come in contact with by daily duty or daily routine. Lord, open up conversations, open up opportunities, give doors whereby we can go right through and then reflect later in amazement as to how the Lord fulfilled His Word, open thy mouth wide and I will fill it. Uh, We pray that thou wilt come and that thou wilt give us words that we can speak, Uh, those words that are carefully wed, that are directed by the Holy Ghost that have His stamp and features and characteristics all over them uh, that we'll not be thinking, right, I'm moving about and trying to come up with my own arguments and thoughts here, but help us to do what Andrew did. We have found Him, the Messiah, the Christ, and may our thoughts and our minds be full of gratitude to Him. So, we pray for infectious Christians. We pray for those who are full of the Spirit of God and know the Word of God and are living in the Word and living out the Word. Come and answer prayer, and may this Operation Andrew that we've been thinking about on Monday night and think about again tonight, and we pray that it will be of real benefit onto not only our hearts, but for the souls and the eternities of others. In Jesus' name, and to thy praise, we pray. And we ask that God will be with the family of Clifford Black at this time on his sudden passing at midnight. Uh, Pray that God will comfort uh, those in the family circle even now with thy love, care, and concern. And we pray that all others that are in the valley at this moment in time and are going through the most difficult and trying of circumstances will know thy footprints there beside them, even carrying them along. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Turning tonight in the Word of God to, first of all, the Gospel of Matthew, 14th chapter. And reading from, well, we'll read from 14 down to 21. So, first of all, Matthew 14, verse 14 through 21, and then we'll turn over to the Gospel of John, to the sixth chapter there, and read from 
5 through 14. So Matthew 14, 14, and Jesus went forth and saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion toward them, and he healed their sick. And when it was evening, the disciples came to him, saying, This is a desert place, and the time is now past. Send the multitude away, that they may go into the villages and buy themselves victuals. But Jesus said unto them, They need not depart. Give ye them to eat. And they said unto him, We have here but five loaves and two fishes. And he said, Bring them hither to me. And he commanded the multitude to sit down on the grass, and took the five loaves and the two fishes. And looking up to heaven, he blessed and brake, and gave the loaves to his disciples, and the disciples to the multitude. And they did all eat, and were filled. And they took up of the fragments that remained twelve baskets full. They that had eaten were about 5,000 men, beside women and children. Then turning over to Gospel of John, the Gospel of John chapter 6, and we'll read from verse 5, John chapter 6 into verse 5. When Jesus then lifted up his eyes and saw a great company come unto him, he saith unto Philip, when shall we buy bread that these may eat? And this he said to prove him, for he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered him, Two hundred penny worth of bread is not sufficient for them, that every one of them may take a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, saith unto him, There is a lad here, which hath five barley loaves and two small fishes, but what are they among so many? And Jesus said, Make the men sit down. Now there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down in number about five thousand. Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed to the disciples, and the disciples to them that were set down, and likewise of the fishes as much as they would. When they were filled, he saith unto his disciples, Gather up the fragments that remain, that nothing be lost. Therefore they gathered them together and filled twelve baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves, which remained over and above unto them that had eaten. Then those men, when they had seen the miracle that Jesus did, said, This is of a truth, that prophet that should come into the world. Amen. We know that God Himself will add His blessing onto the reading of His Word in our hearing tonight. This evening, before we come to our communion time, uh, we are going to look at Operation Andrew, number two, because we looked at number one, of course, on Monday night. So, we're coming into number two uh, tonight here. And we're looking at the feeding of the 5,000 as we have read about it in the Gospel of Matthew, and then we have also read about it in the Gospel of John. A very unique miracle, and unique in this sense that it is the only one that we have repeated and recorded in each and every one of these four Gospels. 
Our Lord, of course, wrought those miracles in the natural realm, and He was giving a word picture and an illustration every time, working in the natural arena as to what He can and would do in the spiritual realm as well. So, what we have in the miracle is actually a parable that is full of spiritual truth. We know the story, know the background that we have here, a large crowd of people in great physical need. And so our Lord Jesus, by this mighty power and cooperating with His disciples, they played a very vital part, and we'll be underlining the part that they played. They met the need. And in the world today, as we look around us, and we pray the Lord would open our eyes afresh and wider than they've ever been opened, we have a multitude of men and women and young people who are in desperate spiritual need, perishing all around. But our Lord, we know, has the resources to meet those needs. And His plan is the same today as it always has been. He will do that in cooperation with those who are His people and His disciples. So, that's what we see in these four passages in God's Word. Matthew 14, verse 15 to 21. Then we read again about it in Mark 6, the verse 34 to 44. We have it in Luke chapter 9, 12 to 17. And again, that second Bible reading that we took tonight in John chapter 6, and the verse 5 right through to the verse 14. So, we're going to look at four major points tonight. It's by no means going to be an exhaustive study. Uh, you could spend a lot of time uh, trying to allow it to be exhaustive and still uh, come up in failure. But we're emphasizing four points. Number one, the crowd that Jesus saw. The crowd that He saw. And we're thinking in terms of size here. We'll take a little word out of one of those accounts and maybe another comparative word in another account, but there are words here and terms that were used to describe the size of this particular crowd. It was a great multitude. We read that. 5,000 men beside women and children, and then a great company, or as a margin would render it, a great crowd. So, there is no doubt that what was happening here was on a tremendous scale. Thousands of people. But not only size, what was more important was the state of all of these people. It was evening, the day was far spent, other such expressions are used through these four accounts. And given the fact it was evening time, the people are now tired, they're weary, they're in a desert place. And that would only increase the weariness and also cause great hunger to be the portion of every single person who had been there that day listening to the Word of Christ. And in this size and state of these people before the Lord that day, we have what is a very clear picture of humanity that is in existence without God. There are millions of people, we have mentioned that, who are in a high state of spiritual need. The only way we can describe them in one word is perishing. These people are lost, but more than that, they are perishing, spiritually hungry in a desert place. And that term that we have, should not perish, we have in that very famous word in Scripture, John 3 and the verse 16. That's where we want to get them, but right now they are perishing in front of our eyes. 
Now, this is what the Lord saw. He saw a great multitude. He saw that great company. He saw how it was wearied and how they were hungry. He realized that, and he throws out the challenge to the disciples, what amount of money are we going to spend on bread here to feed these weary and these hungry people? And he was testing them, as the Bible very clearly indicates. But that's what our Lord saw. He was not oblivious to the need. He was not ignorant of the problem that faced him. He knew exactly what he was looking at. The question is, do we Christians today see the Christless crowds around us in the way that he did? Do we see these multitudes and say, those men, those women, those young people, they're in a desert place and they are perishing? The focus was right, the crowd that he saw. But then secondly, the compassion that he felt, the compassion that he felt. And if you turn back to Matthew chapter 14, then you're going to get a view of the compassion that our Lord showed here. Matthew 14, the verse 14, and Jesus went forth and saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion toward them, and he healed their sick. Verse 16, he said unto them, they need not depart, give ye them to eat. So the disciples are saying, send the multitudes away. There's nothing we can do. That's the only reasonable option. We have no other alternative here. But he says, no, they need not depart. Give ye them to eat. So notice the contrast there in the behavior and the attitude and actions of Christ and his disciples. Send them away. Our Lord says, no, stay. And maybe today in this world around us, we have a church that has on occasions at least been guilty of that attitude the disciples are showing here, ignorant of the spiritual condition of the lost, or ignorant regarding the resources that are to hand to meet their need, and therefore we are chasing them away. Maybe we've ourselves been so preoccupied, and that's the charge here. We've been so preoccupied with our own little thoughts and our own desires and maybe our own fears and our little schemes that we want to give our attention to that we've been so sucked up by the things going on in our lives that perishing souls have been sent away empty and unsatisfied. May the Lord give us time for souls. May He not only show us their need, but may He make it really weigh upon our hearts. We are in a position, we are in a position and charged by Him to rise to the challenge and see their need met. Let's not send them away, but let's see them stay. The crowd that He saw, the compassion that He felt, And then we have, thirdly, the command that he gave. The command that he gave. In verse 16, and that's in Matthew chapter 14, he says to them, this is a command, give ye them to eat. Really, you can take those words 
And that's connection right here. You disciples, you have a duty with regard to these people. There's a task that's begging to be done, done by you. Give ye them to eat. And is that not the all-inclusive job of the entire church in this age? Not just for one or two or a few, but for everyone. This is really what evangelism actually is. And our Lord has commanded us all in that great commission in Matthew 28 and verse 19 to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature and every child of God has that command that is laid upon him. Connect with them. Take my word to them. Are we slow to do the Savior's bidding? Are we reluctant can our hands and our feet not move quickly enough to obey our Lord's command? Maybe what we're doing is we're looking at ourselves, and we're seeing their inadequacy. And of course, that's what we're going to see when we look at ourselves. And instead of looking at God's all-sufficiency and God's great power, we are looking at ourselves and saying, it can't be done. We're examining the five loaves. We are looking over the two fish. We're kind of tearing them all apart and examining them and thinking, there's not really much that can be expected here. Or as Paul said, when put in trust with the gospel, who is sufficient for these things? And the answer is, none of us naturally are sufficient for these things. Jeremiah felt that. Lord, I can't do it, Jeremiah chapter 1. Gideon, when he was called, felt exactly the same. In Judges 6, verse 15 and 16, I cannot do this work. Now, the calculation we need to make, and which we often forget, is while our own resources are never sufficient, God's commands are also God's enablings. If He tells us to do something, He guarantees, I will provide the wherewithal to enable you to do the very thing that I have commanded you to do. So, it's not a get-out. It's not a good enough excuse to look at myself and see inadequacy there. I must look to Him and when I look to him, I will see sufficiency, and on that basis, making that calculation, I go forward, obeying his command. So, we have the crowd that he saw. We have the compassion that he felt, the command that he gave, and then finally, the, the cooperation, the cooperation that he needed. And this is where Andrew comes in, and this is where the little lad comes in here and come really into their own with these five loaves and two fish that they produce. And so, I, I love to read what we have in John chapter 6 and the verse 8 and the verse 9. One of his disciples, verse 8 of John 6 says, one of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, saith unto him, there is a lad here which hath five barley loaves and two small fishes. But what are they among so many? Lord, the need is huge. We have a tiny morsel, but there must be the thought. There must be the thought in Andrew's mind. Otherwise, he never would have introduced the lad that maybe, maybe the Lord. We can't do it, but maybe the Lord will be pleased to do something here. What the Lord is looking for is submissive 
people. And Andrew was one of those. There is a lad here. And of course, if Andrew was submissive to the will and to the mind of God, the little lad had to be equally submissive to the will and the mind of God and hand over whatever lunch he had on this particular day. Now, Andrew again is doing what Andrew does best. Operation Andrew, introducing somebody else to Jesus Christ. Somebody else. I'm not finished, he's saying in John chapter 1. I'm going to do it again in John chapter 6. And so he does, and he introduces this little lad on this occasion to Jesus. Now, this word for lad that we have here is a double diminutive. What that simply means is take the lad and just scale him down and scale him down again, because it's probably indicating he was a little boy, a very young boy, with his loaves, with his fish. And here he is, but he's one of these submissive people. And that's what the Lord's looking. Those that will put aside their own purposes. That lunch was for him. Those who will give it up to the Master's service and dedicate it to him to do what he will with it. And many times do we not look and we say, well, what is that person ever going to be able to do? And we say about ourselves, what are we going to be able to do? Peter said in John 21, 21, and what shall this man do as if, you know, he's not capable of rising to the bar you need him to. There's no way he's going to be able to do any great task for you, Master, in days to come. They said that about D.L. Moody when he was that little illiterate boy in the Sunday school that they really struggled to teach. And look how God used that man, D.L. Moody, who was submitted to him and to him alone. So that's what the Lord is looking for, submissive people, and may he find them in us. Not only that, we have submissive people here with small portions, submissive people with small portions five barley loaves. Barley was looked upon always back then as simple food, more fit oftentimes for the animals than it was for people. And maybe that in its own way is an indicator that here's a young boy coming out of a poor family. He didn't have an elaborate lunch. He wasn't with his prawn sandwiches here. He was with something scaled away, way down. Barley, barley loaves. Some other indicators of that we have in the Talmud, a Jewish uh, set of writings, whereby it says in the Talmud, one man uh, pointing out, there's a fine crop of barley, and another man answers straight away, tell that to the horses and the donkeys. In other words, what we've said, it's simple food more conducive for animals than for people. And if you look to Revelation chapter 6 and verse 6, you'll find they're talking there about measures of barley and measures of wheat. And in Revelation 6 and 6, that barley is measuring up to one-third of the volume of the wheat. That it was, again, a mean fair appears in Ezekiel 13 and verse 19. And the false prophetesses of that day, they were said to be polluting the name of the Lord for handfuls of barley. 
It hasn't taken much to pay you prophetesses off to spew out all of your blasphemies and your falsehoods. You're doing it for so little. This is ridiculous. Polluting God's name for mere handfuls of barley for the meanest reward. So we have small portions that are in view here. And then we have two fish. There are two fish. And one commentator has said, while the other evangelists, so Matthew, Mark, and Luke, they use the ordinary common word for fish. John uses a different word when he comes to talk about these fish. Instead of ichthus, and you've probably seen that on the back of a car, you know, your fish symbol, Christian symbol, um, looking back to the catacombs and all of that, and the word ichthus will be written through that on occasions. Well, that's the usual word for fish. That's not the one that John uses. John uses another term, osparia, for what it's worth. But that indicates, that indicates that these were two small, maybe salted little fish to be eaten as a relish along with the cakes of barley. Very insignificant. So we have got submissive people with small portions. And are we not going to say, Lord, that's me. I haven't much to offer, but what little I have, take it up and use it, because I know little as much when God is in it. And that's our third sub-point here. Under the third main point, we have people here who are submissive people coming with small portions, but they bring those small portions and they leave them in the hand of a strong person. In the hand of a strong person. They bring them to Christ. It's not much, Lord. That's what they're all saying. It's not much. Not much to work with. That's what we say when we come to the Lord. But our Lord, thank and praise His name, does not need much. He does not need much. But the key thing, they brought these loaves and He brought these fish and He put them in His hands first. And you can see that in the various records that we have in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Recording this miracle, they put them in his hands first. And after he took them, after he broke them, after he blessed them, it was only then that they distributed it with their hands to the people who were in need all around. In other words, they went out in full faith. God is going to do something really special with the small portion that we have here today, and it'll be transformed by the hand of the strong person in our midst, the mighty, omnipotent Lord Jesus Christ. And as they distributed, they're sent out again, gather up the scraps. And they have, as we know, 12 baskets full coming in at the end. They witnessed, they witnessed a mighty miracle that would not have happened had the disciples got their initial way. Send them away. Move them along. We can't supply the need, but our Lord taught them that need can be supplied. Cooperate with me in my mission of mercy. Be willing fingers and hands 
in my service, and I will use you to the nth degree in an abundant fashion, and through this bring glory unto my name. And you will see, if you check in at the final verse in John chapter 6 that deals with the miracle, that's verse 14, you've got a murder image of what we saw the other night, Monday night, when we looked at John chapter 1. Remember how glory was brought to Christ? Nathaniel, and greater things than these shall ye see, our Lord promised, etc., Verse 14 of John 6, Then those men, when they had seen the miracle that Jesus did, said, This is of a truth, that prophet that should come into the world. In other words, the one who was sent. It's him. It's the Messiah. It's the Christ. And Andrew's at the hub again, revealing the Messiah, the Christ. That is our duty, and may God be pleased to use us in this fashion on Operation Andrew. We'll bow in prayer. Heavenly Father, again, we thank Thee for Thy mercy and goodness, Thy grace and compassion towards us, and we pray that Thou will come near and lift up our hearts, lift up those members of ours that are weakening, feeling the burden of the day, drooping and dropping down. But we need them strengthened by Thy hand and put into Thy service, and we need Thy blessing upon the work, and we need Thy mighty hand made bare. Who has believed our report, and to whom? is the arm of the Lord revealed. We thank Thee it was revealed to Andrew, revealed to Peter, revealed to Philip, revealed to Nathaniel, revealed to the little lad, revealed to the multitude. And Lord, what Thou didst back then, Thou canst do again today. Do it, we pray, for Jesus' glory, that man and woman may know Thou art the Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. There are some more cards, Operation Andrew, at the door, so make sure if you didn't get one on Monday night, you get one on the way out tonight.